Welcome to this edition of Back to Basics with Pastor Brian Broderson. We live in a time of discouragement. There's tons of stuff all around us that can get you discouraged. How do we keep from this paralyzing discouragement? Be strong in the Lord. Remember that God is doing something and work. Keep working. Today on Back to Basics, Pastor Brian continues his study through the books of the Old Testament prophets. Join us as Pastor Brian resumes his teaching on the book of Haggai. Now, here's Pastor Brian. God certainly worked that way in the Old Testament period, but it's hard to have anything that you can really put your finger on from the context of the New Covenant to say, oh yeah, that's what's happening here. But here's where you can see it. You can see it in the lives of believers because we are the covenant people of God. And... When the covenant people of God turn back on their covenant commitment, then you can see these kinds of things, the drought and the famine and the different things that happen because God is chastening his people. He's drawing people back to himself. And he has every right to do that because we are his people. And so Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, Joshua, son of Josedek, the high priest, and the whole remnant of the people, here's the good news. They obeyed the voice of the Lord their God and the message of the prophet Haggai because the Lord their God had sent him and the people feared the Lord. So they did the right thing. They responded. They got their priorities in the right place. They put the things of God back at the top of the priority list. Then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, gave this message of the Lord to the people. I am with you, declares the Lord. So the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel and the spirit of Joshua, the high priest, and the spirit of the whole remnant of the people. They came and began to work on the house of the Lord Almighty, their God, on the 24th day of the sixth month. On the 24th day of the sixth month. So in the second year of King Darius, on the 21st day of the seventh month, the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. Speak to Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, to Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and to the remnant of the people. Ask them, Who of you is left who saw this house in its former glory? Remember that group of people that had seen uh, Solomon's temple? They probably would have been little children at the time, but they saw it. Um, You saw this house in its former glory. How does it look to you now? Does it not seem to you like nothing? So this attitude prevailed for quite a period of time. They just thought, why even bother? This, this is so 
unimpressive in comparison. This is nothing like that great temple that Solomon built. And even now that they've turned back to the work, there are apparently still some among them have that attitude. You know, I was thinking about this the other day, how, and and this is, kind of more in the church context, you can find an application outside the church as well. But, you know, we live in a a kind of an evangelical culture where big is better. Big is, big is what you want. And everything is sort of measured by the bigness of something, the size of something. And I was thinking about how, you know, Jesus, if you ever notice Jesus, he's not really impressed with big. He he doesn't really care about big. You know, Jesus is always actually trying to thin the crowds out. Have you ever noticed that about him? The the disciples are like, Jesus, what are you doing? You're going to scare people away by talking like that. Jesus is like, don't worry about it. It's okay. <laughs> you know? But he says, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. The crowd say, oh, that's crazy. We can't endure that. That's just horrible. They're, and they leave. And Jesus says, if anyone comes after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. You must hate your father, mother, sister, brother, husband, wife, all of that stuff. This is not advantageous toward building a bigger thing. But then you find Jesus, quite often, he's just with individual people. He's with this woman in Samaria in John chapter 4, this woman that nobody else really wanted to be around. She'd been married five times. She's now living with this guy. Apparently, the ladies in the town didn't want to hang out with her. She had to come and draw water from the well in the afternoon rather than the morning because probably because of her, of her uh, status. And so, you know, you, you find this with Jesus. So here's my point. My point is this. What the Lord is interested in is he wants to take individual people and he wants to transform us into his likeness. And that's the goal of ministry, that's what you call discipleship. Discipleship, disciple comes from uh, the Greek word mathetes, and we get the word mathematics from that, actually. But it, it simply means a learner or a follower. And Jesus calls people to follow him and to learn from him and ultimately to become like him. So that, that's what Jesus is into. And I think that far too often, and I'm speaking from the standpoint of, uh, you know, like a pastor, uh, I think far too often we're, we're really way more interested in the crowd. How many people showed up at church this morning? And this, this is like a pastor's disease, <laughs> I'll just tell you. Pastors are hung up on how many people. You, know, you go to a pastor's conference, First thing they ask you when you meet somebody new, how many people are in your church? (laughs) And then from there, they kind of decide, well, maybe I'll hang around, talk to you. Maybe I won't. 
you know, it's, it's a sickness among pastors, truly. And um, I've fallen into it at times. But, you know, but that's, that's how we think of things. And, and we're not really thinking about, but what about that one lonely person that came in looking for, like Sabasa, looking for family, looking for love? If I'm just looking at the crowd, and I'm satisfied because we had a great crowd this morning, but I never take the time to actually see what's happening on the personal level, I'm, I'm missing what God is actually wanting to do. And so, I mean, that's, that's what's happening here. In Zechariah, which we'll get to, there, again, it's the same people, it's the same time, and it's essentially the same message, but there the Lord speaks through Zechariah and says, do not despise the day of small things. Because that's the tendency, to despise the day of small things. And so here, who among you, you know, you saw the former house and now you look at this, it seems like nothing in your sight. But now God, he redirects them. That's not, that's not what you need to be concerned with. And so he goes on and he encourages the people. He reminds them of the promises that he's made. And then he declares the things that he is going to yet do that they can't see at the moment because all they can see is how unimpressive everything is. All they can see is like, how's anything great ever going to come out of this. So look what he says, though. So be strong now, Zerubbabel. This is the prophet speaking to Zerubbabel. Declares the Lord, be strong, Joshua. Be strong, all you people of the land, declares the Lord, and work. So, you know, when you are discouraged you know the word discourage, you know what it means, right? It means to take away courage. So when you're discouraged, you can't do anything. You're paralyzed. You're just, you know, what's the point? So they're discouraged, but what does he say to them? He says, be strong. Be strong and work. Now listen, we live in a time of discouragement. There's tons of stuff all around us that can get you discouraged. How do we keep from this paralyzing discouragement? Be strong. Be strong in the Lord. Remember that God is doing something and work. Keep working. And listen, this is where, and, and what the people are being called to here is they're being called to faith. 
because what's in front of them doesn't look like it's going to amount to anything. And because it doesn't look like it's going to amount to anything, it's like, why bother? We might as well just give up. But the prophet says, no, be strong. Be strong, Zerubbabel, don't be discouraged. Be strong, Joshua, don't be discouraged. Be strong, all of you people, and work. Keep working. We keep working by faith. We keep believing, you know, God is at work. I can't control what happens in the world. God didn't ask me to control what's happening in the world. He didn't ask us to control it. He didn't ask us to fix it. He's not holding us responsible for it. What he's calling us to do is to be strong and work with the things that he has set in front of us. And for me personally, I have to pause and I have to say, okay, Lord, help me to refocus my eyes on what you're doing and stick to the task and not let the madness around me discourage me from doing what you've called me to do. So that's what he's saying to them. And then he says, this is what I covenanted with you. Now to them, he's saying, this is the covenant that I made with you when you came out of Egypt. Man, that was a long time ago for them at this point. But God's saying, it's still, the covenant is still intact. I'm still in that same relationship with you, even though all of the crazy things that they've been through, the northern kingdom is carried away by the Assyrians. The the southern kingdom was taken to Babylon, but now they've come back and God's saying, look, I'm still with you. I covenanted with you. And, And this is a point on a personal level where I think it's so important that we remember the promises that God has made us and we hold on to them. We remember the promises. And even though they might have been so long ago, see, that's the thing. I've discovered many things in my life as a Christian, but one thing that stands out is that God is on a completely different time clock than I am. He is doing things and his time frame is nothing like I ever imagine it to be because I always think it's going to be faster than it is. I always think that. But it's never been that way in my experience. But this is a covenant that God made with him. It goes back centuries at this point. So in our lives... Hopefully, we, we all have those, those places that we can look back on and we can remember. If, if, there, if you're in a place in your life where you feel like you're, you're discouraged because maybe things haven't gone the way that you thought they were going to go or hoped that they would go or prayed that they would go, but yet there's this, there's this promise that's back there, but you, you thought it was a promise, but now maybe it's not a promise. Maybe you just imagined it was a promise. Well, that is possible, but if it's still in your mind after all these years, it's not likely that it that you imagined it. I don't really remember the things I imagined. I imagine them and then I forget them. 
But I do remember things that God spoke to me because they're, they're etched in my heart and mind. And God will bring us these prophetic reminders. And so just the other day, I have a friend who, he just randomly texts me occasionally. And it's always, hey, the Lord wants me to tell you this. And sometimes I'm like, really? Okay, I guess. And then other times it's like, wow, that is spot on. That is exactly. And just a few days ago, I got one of those where, you know, I've got stuff going on in my head. I'm thinking about stuff and I'm stressing or worried or whatever. And I just get one of those words from this friend that was basically a reminder of, hey, don't forget what God has shown you. And you're like, oh, wow. I was kind of forgetting what God had shown me. And it was just a fresh reminder. But this is what the Lord is doing through the prophet here. He's reminding them of the covenant. And then he says, my spirit remains among you. My spirit remains among you. You know, we, we really do live in a time where I mean, we are so, we're like, I mean, the air we breathe, everything around us is, it's just human. It's natural. It's sinful. It's secular. It's godless. This is the air we breathe. And, and because this is the air we breathe, sometimes just the spiritual realities are so muffled and they're so drowned out. You know, this is why it's so important to do what we're doing, so important to gather around God's word. It's so important to daily open the Bible and get reminded of reality. I was reading in Acts chapter 12 this morning and it's so good. It's when Peter is arrested by Herod Herod puts James, the brother of John, to death. And then he arrests Peter and he intends to put him to death after the festival. And Peter is there in the jail and he is sleeping, chained to two guards. And suddenly an angel comes into the prison, strikes Peter on the side, says, wake up. And when I read this, it says, and when Peter arose, the chains fell off of him. They just fell off of him. And then, you know, maybe you've read the story, you know the story, the angel takes him, walks him out, the gate opens by itself. Peter, he thinks he's seen a vision. He doesn't even know what's going on. And then the angel disappears and then he's there and suddenly he realizes, oh my gosh, the Lord sent his angel and liberated me. But all of that to say, as I'm reading that today, I'm thinking, Lord, this is reality right here. This is what's really going on. That I so often, I, my vision is blurred because of the world around me. And I forget this. I forget that this is the real, this is the real world. And so that's why we need these times. That's why we need to open up God's word. And remember, my spirit remains among you. And then he says, do not fear. 
Do not fear. And you know, honestly, I, I, maybe some of you remember, like, I, I don't know how long ago it was, but a while back, I don't know, maybe it was a year ago or something, I shared on this passage because what I told everyone when I shared on this passage is this is a section of scripture that God gave me over 20 years ago. And it's a section of scripture that the Lord continues to bring me back to. And I, if you were there to hear me, forgive me for repeating myself, but for those of you that didn't hear me, I mean, you know, this section of scripture, words that came to me from, a, from the other side of the world, from people who would absolutely have no, wouldn't, wouldn't know at all that this was a passage that God had etched into my heart. And randomly, I would get a text from some far-reaching place that would say, Brian, I was reading this passage and the Lord just put it on my heart to send it to you. And as I was sharing that fairly recently, there was a couple that was visiting the church. It was probably about a year ago now. They were visiting and they were visiting from the area of the Ukraine, actually. And the woman, she said to me, she said, okay, can I just speak to you privately for a moment? I said, yeah, sure. What's going on? And she says, "Um, my brother he had a word for you, but he was afraid to tell you. And so he asked me if I would tell you. And I was with her brother like a year before or something. And, and apparently there was a moment where he felt like God was saying something and he, he just was embarrassed or whatever. So he didn't say it. So, so she says, so he asked me if I would relay this to you. I said, okay. And she said, have you ever read Haggai chapter two? And you remember what's going on there? And this was literally about the time that I had shared it. I think I even shared it on a Sunday morning. And I was like, yeah, as a matter of fact, I have read that. She said, well, my brother just wanted you to know that God had put that on, um, on his heart for you. And I saw him a few months ago. And I asked him about that. He said, yeah, I don't know why I didn't tell you, but yeah, I just felt like God wanted me to share that with you. And I said, well... That is a a passage of scripture that God has encouraged me with over and over and over again through the most random kinds of circumstances imaginable. So so as we go on in verse 6, now, of course, we're talking about things here that are, you know, this, this is the thing about God's word. There is the immediate and ultimate understanding of it. It's talking about something very specific at a specific point in time. But then there's also sometimes layers to it. February, Back to Basics Radio is offering a book titled, The Imperfect Disciple, Grace for People Who Can't Get Their Act Together by Jared C. Wilson. We live in a world where even Christians are enamored by those who call themselves influencers and leaders who are striving to build their platforms. 
But as the world focuses its attention upon how to become influencers and leaders, Jared C. Wilson will bring you back to the place of the priority of learning to follow Jesus. Have you become frustrated with the promises of experienced Christian growth if you just knew the five things that would help or the next five steps to take, only to find you're still in a place of defeat? Are you ready to experience Jesus in a way that's gospel-centered? Are you ready to bring your messiness to Jesus? Well, in his book, The Imperfect Disciple, Grace for People Who Can't Get Their Act Together, Jared C. Wilson will help you understand true discipleship and what it means to follow Jesus by the grace of God. You will find freedom from the to-do list discipleship, and you will be encouraged by the realities of what Jesus has already done. Discipleship is essential for spiritual growth and following Jesus. So if you want help demystifying discipleship so you can experience what it means to follow Jesus, we encourage you to call us right now at 1-800-733-6443 or visit us online at backtobasicsradio.com to order The Imperfect Disciple, Grace for People Who Can't Get Their Act Together by Jared C. Wilson. And when you give a gift to Back to Basics, we'll send you this book as our way to say thank you. We do appreciate your generous support of this ministry. We'd also like to remind you that all of our other resources are waiting for you at backtobasicsradio.com or by calling our request line at 1-800-733-6443. That's 1-800-733-6443. Our desire is to encourage you in your daily walk with God. We'll continue tomorrow with more valuable insights from Pastor Brian as we study together in the book of Haggai. Back to Basics is the preaching and teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California.